episode of title talk right after the game it's 2 30 a.m i'm still awake a lot of you might be still awake i'm gonna release this podcast in the morning everyone else is asleep i'm gonna be a little bit busy tomorrow so i'm gonna go ahead and do this on my own but i've done it before so it's okay a lot of stuff actually happened tonight during the seahawks patriots game i know on the last podcast we had a lot of predictions a lot of things that might happen, a lot of things that could happen, a lot of things that needed to happen so the Patriots could win. The Patriots didn't win, but a whole lot of stuff happened tonight and a whole lot of stuff that I'm kind of feeling like the Patriots won. Does anyone else feel like that? I kind of feel like the Patriots won tonight, even though they lost. <laughs> it might just be because Cam Newton makes everything about the Patriots different. And boy, was I wrong about Cam Newton. And I'm very happy to be wrong about Cam Newton. I have... His jersey was supposed to be here tonight. You can go ahead and blame the loss on me because I didn't get the jersey tonight. But a lot of stuff happened tonight, and let's just go ahead and get into it. I think, first of all, my biggest worry about the Patriots in the year 2020 and in the year 2019 was that they cannot win a game dropping back 40 to 50 times, and especially this year's offense after seeing him week one in Miami and just knowing what kind of personnel they have and what kind of offense they were going to have, I felt like the Patriots really needed to play from in front, kind of like the Ravens. Their defense would hold solid, and the Patriots playing in front would be a nightmare for opposing teams. But it turns out, you know, it's only the second week of the season. But maybe I was wrong. You know, I said I know I tweeted in the fourth quarter or something like that that the Patriots – this was time. The Patriots are down. The biggest flaw is probably that they don't have a whole lot of great weapons. Their offensive line is really good. Um, rest in peace to James White's father. Tragic situation, but he couldn't play tonight. And God bless him. I hope he's all right. We love you, James, a whole lot. But the Patriots, I didn't feel like they could win a game passing 44 times or even be in a game passing 44 times. At first, the game kind of felt like it was going to be Ravens 2019-esque disaster. After, you know, D-Mac had that first pick six, which was awesome, and I felt like the Patriots were definitely going to win after that <laughs> the whole time. But the Patriots' offense, you know, they started out a little bit slow, and from my liking, ran the ball a little bit too much. From my eye test, they ran the ball, I think, 25 times, 2.7 yards a carry. They actually passed for 8.7 yards an attempt. I think my eye test told me that they probably could have passed it 10 to 15 times more, especially on first down. My biggest problem with the Patriots offense was on first down, Sony Michelle. Second down, run play. Third down, run play. Just kind of conservative. And, you know, maybe they're trying to minimize Cam Newton's dropbacks, getting hit, whatever. I don't know what it is. You know, maybe they're trying to protect Cam Newton. I'm not really sure. But Cam Newton had one sack in this game. Sacks are a quarterback stat. The offensive line's good, but you know Cam Newton of old, not the greatest at avoiding sacks, can potentially a couple times take a few bad sacks, but in a really big game, in a very big game against 
the best quarterback in the NFL across from him and one of the best teams in the NFL stepped up in a really big way. Didn't take any sacks. Threw the ball 44 times. I think, by my count, had four interceptable balls. One in, or not four interceptable balls, I'm sorry. Two interceptable balls. And that's really not bad at all. One interception. Touchdown to Jacob Johnson. I think his name's Jacob. Maybe it's Hagab. I'm not really sure. <laughs> I'm not really sure. But with the personnel the Patriots have, I would have never thought that they would ever be in a game like this where they could pass the ball a whole lot and win, and I would want them to pass the ball more. But Cam Newton has proven me wrong, and I'm actually really glad about it. Passed the ball 44 times. And my biggest problem with the game was, like I just said, they were a little bit conservative for my liking. You know, Julian Edelman had played out of his mind today, which I love the man. He always does. But at the end, and kind of like the Miami Dolphins second half, at the end when the Patriots needed to score and they needed points, they let Cam cook. When they let Cam cook, good things happen. Cam Newton was balling out there. You know, not all of his passes are super accurate like Brady. You know, the way Brady talks to you with his football, the way he throws it a little low and you know that there's a hit coming, you need to fall, or he throws it behind you and you fall a certain way, or he throws it in front of you and you know that you got to run. You know, some of those balls, they just... They aren't as pretty, but with less, Cam Newton did more than Tom Brady did all last year. And I think that was the biggest thing coming out of this game. The, the Patriots players, they love Cam Newton. There's a certain vibe around the Patriots with Cam Newton that maybe I just underrated. You know, I thought that this season would probably be a bust on offense. I was wrong about that. It looked, you know, it's only week two, but. It looks like with the Cam Newton-led offense, there's a whole lot of stuff they can do. And he's not going to be a perfect passer. He's not going to throw for 400 every week. But every week, they give him more responsibility at the line of scrimmage. You know, maybe they start calling play actions on first down instead of handing the ball to Sonny Michelle for 2.7 yards a carry. I mean, when you really think about it, Patriots probably could have scored a lot more on offense. They stalled a couple times, just just really being conservative. I know at the end there, there was... The Rex Burkhead play that was kind of dumb, but with no weapons, Cam Newton passes for 400, makes it turns it turns into a drop pack passing game because the Seahawks start winning, and Cam Newton answers the call. He answered the call. So at the end of the game, the Seahawks score. The Patriots get a stop. The Patriots, I think they stalled, and then they got a stop, and then another stop, and every time Cam Newton. And the Patriots answered similar to the ways they did in the Dolphins in the second half. I think we're going to look back at this game, re-Patriots offense, as the, pa- the Patriots-Packers 2014 game, where they lost, but you kind of felt really good because they went head-to-head with a contender and they should have won. And you know maybe if their kicker was better and maybe if this happened and maybe if they were playing at home, they win. They only lost by five. And they score 30 points. I know that's the other thing. If you're listening to this last podcast, you know that me and LB were talking about the new score for the Patriots instead of 35-17 is 23-20-21, whatever it is. But now I think we can go back to 35-17 because the Patriots showed us an avenue to where they can score more than 30 points. You know, maybe I wanted to see J.J. Taylor play a little bit more and you know, maybe you know, I want the Patriots to trade for Odell Beckham Jr. and Allen Robinson, but 
for now, I think the Patriots, with all the things going on in the NFL, prove that they are one of the best teams in the NFL, and they do belong. And this game, this game, proved more to me than they did all last year. All last year. I was just talking to my good friend, Rune Dog, who is the content editor of Two Minute Drill on Instagram. you got to give him a follow over there. And we went to this game. He dubbed me the king of the Optum Lounge. We went to the last Brady game, the playoff game, the Titans game. And I just, I hated the Patriots offense. And maybe my Tom, love for Tom Brady clouded my judgment and his attitude tur- towards the season. You know, it made me feel like the Patriots offense and, and team was worse than it is. But maybe, maybe Tom Brady was just a huge part of the problem as much as I love him. And Cam Newton just being a great teammate, great leader, you know, great man. Everyone loves him. I just underrated underrated the factor of um, getting the very unhappy person in the locker room, Tom Brady, out of there. You know, came down to the last drive. And the thing about it is, Nikhil Harry was kind of, eh. I think at one point he was 5 for 30 and 8 targets, not, not so good. But in the last drive... Nikhil Harry, he actually showed some stuff. Yeah, you know, maybe he finished with nine yards of catch, and that's not too great. But in the end of the game, when the Patriots really needed it, who did Cam Newton go to? Nikhil Harry. And he showed up, caught the passes. You know, maybe he could have broke the broke another tackle at the end, scored a touchdown. But he also showed some stuff. And Bird wasn't doing cardio this week, like Philip Dorsett 2.0. We have to apologize to the man now. He was, he was good after we all slander him. He he heard the slander. Apparently, Bird did. He's he's, he was doing a different kind of cardio because he was actually contributing to the team. And at the end of the game, a lot of Patriots fans were complaining about the last the last play for Cam Newton and the Patriots. But I don't really mind it so much. Put the ball in Cam Newton's hand. Let him cook. Um, if you lose that way, I'm pretty all right with it. Josh McDaniels and Cam Newton. We're fine calling that number, and I'm fine with it too. So I don't really mind that the Patriots called Cam Newton's number and ran quarterback power or whatever. You know, maybe if we're going to nitpick a little bit, they could have ran an RPO or, or something like that, maybe a little bit more deceptive. You know, a lot of Patriots fans were saying we all knew Cam Newton was going to run at the end of the game. But if they would have done some, you know, gotten cute and ran a Julian Edelman screen or, or something, jet sweep something, we would have said, wow, they should have just ran the ball with Cam at the goal line, and that's what they did. And I really can't blame them a whole lot for that. So on offense, really, there really isn't much to talk about. The Patriots proved a whole lot, and if you watch the NFL today, you know the Niners are banged up. They're one of the best teams. They didn't look, they, I mean, they don't look great. How about the Chiefs play the Chargers today? They didn't look too great. The Ravens are really good. The Texans are kind of meh. It feels like the Patriots after week two, and you know what? They came out of this game uninjured. You know, we had a prayer circle. We really needed the Patriots to come out of this game uninjured. But the Patriots came out of this game uninjured, unharmed. This entire game from the offense wasn't a fat W for me. No one got hurt. They averaged 6.6 yards per play. Cam Newton almost threw for 400 yards, something if you told me before the season he was going to do with Jacoby Myers, Nikhil Harry, and 34-year-old Julian Edelman, I'd, I'd think you're absolutely crazy, but they did it. So what the Patriots did on offense tonight, the red zone offense is much better than it has been for the past couple of years, much better with Cam. 
you know, if we're going to nitpick, maybe they can go away from Ju- from not Julian Edelman, but Sony Michelle on first downs, things like that. I know it's kind of hard with J.J. Taylor, but maybe we need to see a little bit more Rex Burkhead and Sony Michelle. He's, he's a much better player, in my opinion. None of them played a whole great tonight running the ball, but the Seahawks kind of have a good run defense. So, you know, the Patriots' offensive line did pretty well. Cam only had one sack, like I said earlier, played really well. There's really not much to complain about. I think the last thing for the Patriots offense, if you're Bill Belichick, walking down to that bus slash airplane going home back to Gillette Stadium, is the Patriots are right there. They're right there. They're so close. But they do, in my opinion, need to sincerely try hard to trade for one of these guys. Allen Robinson, I know he favored a tweet about uh, a catch he should have he should have made, and a guy was saying that you can't help it if the quarterback made a bad pass. He still doesn't. He still took the Bears out of his bio, and it sounds like they're still kind of apart on an extension. Some people have optimism there, but I'm not really too sure. Allen Robinson's there. Evan Ingram, another guy like Zach Ertz. If you want to pay a little bit more money there for tight end, you know Ryan Izzo is kind of and the Patriots could always use another tight end, two tight end sets. The rookie tight ends really aren't playing that much, and that's kind of par for the course with Belichick. As he said, at the beginning of the season, it's going to be a hard year for rookies. Maybe you swing a trade for a tight end. Or maybe, you know, I know the team, the Browns, the Cleveland Browns, very smart team. We know, Yeah, very smart team. They said they weren't going to trade Odell Beckham, but what is a team really going to say? They're going to come out and say they're going to, well, yeah, we're going to trade the, Patri- we're going to trade the Patriots, Odell Beckham. No, that's not going to happen. Odell was telling teammates in October of last year, well-sourced, that he wanted to be on the Patriots. And, you know, a lot of people can say, well, you know, that was when they had Tom Brady. Odell loves Tom Brady. Odell is really good friends with Cam Newton. And you're kidding yourself if you think that Odell and Cam Newton haven't texted. You're kidding yourself. They're good friends. In my opinion, I would absolutely not be mad if the Patriots gave up a high pick for Odell Beckham or Allen Robinson, or any of these guys, because I feel like they're so they're just so close. They're so close. I want to see them trade for a player like this. You know, if we're going to talk defense, maybe they need another linebacker, but just because of all the opt-outs and stuff like that. You know, Bentley's on defense. We'll talk, I'll talk about him. I said we. I'll talk about him a little bit later. Not looking so good. But on offense, there really, there really isn't much more you could have asked for the Patriots today other than Maybe a few play calls here and there, but Cam Newton looked great. And I'm very happy with the Patriots offense. I think that's that with that. They proved to me today in week two of an NFL season that they're still a very smart team. And when they're firing on all cylinders, there's it's going to be really hard to beat this team. And they're going to continue to add wrinkles week after week after week, like LB said. And as my good friend KP says, Cam stays carrying mid. Cam was carrying today. It was good to see. We'd love to see that. So if you're a Patriots fan, you're probably right now, you're like me, you're, you're feeling really optimistic after the season, after I can vividly remember how pessimistic I was after the Patriots Titan playoff game. And boy, was I wrong, and I'm so glad to be. So now we can get into talking about the Patriots defense, which, you know, before, you know, when we previewed the game, I was, I was feeling really confident about you know, Gilmore on Metcalf and Lockett with help on John Jones. And then you have J.C. Jackson, who, by the way, was benched for two series at the beginning of the game. 
I know, I mean, I didn't notice because I'm like you. I, when I first watch the games, I watch it purely as a fan, and I try to just enjoy the game. And if I, if I don't, I end up just hating football. So I don't really analyze the game. I just kind of watch it as, as a fan. And then I watch it later on my laptop a few times, a couple times, so I really know what's going on. But right now, just feel for the game. I don't think J.C. Jackson matched up poorly with Moore or any, other, any of the other Seahawks wide receivers, so I don't really understand why. Why J Mac would start there? So maybe something happened with JC. I'm gonna work to find out as best as I can. The source is Turkey Bryson. I'm gonna work to find out on that one. But I felt like the the Patriots matched up really well with the Seahawks, and I didn't see the Seahawks exploding on offense like they did today. And I really didn't expect all the mental errors from the Patriots defense. I know we talked about the X factor for the game was Winnow and Simon and Guy and Wise and keeping your rushing lanes and not rushing past a quarterback. I know Wise is, if you if you follow me or you watch Patriots football for the past two or three seasons, you know that Dietrich Wise's favorite thing, even though I love him, he's a great guy, is rushing past a quarterback. And when you're playing a mobile quarterback, the thing you have to understand is you cannot rush past Russell Wilson. You can't rush past him. Then you're done. You saw the you saw what happens when you rush past him. Today. He's going to run right by you, and he's going to own, which he did in the first couple series. You need to wall Russell Wilson off, and any mobile quarterback, you control them with your, with your rush. You don't blitz Russell Wilson. He just easily escapes and just runs right by your slow defensive tackles and Dietrich Wise and Lawrence guys, who, who are really good players, but Russell Wilson's the best quarterback in the NFL. He's very fast and very athletic. You, you can't just expect these guys to go out there and chase down Russell Wilson. What you have to do is just mush rush him, keep him in front of you, wall him off. And I think the Patriots did a really, really bad job at that tonight, especially holding the edge, which is something the Patriots are usually fairly good at. They didn't hold the edge very well tonight, and I thought that was a big part of it. After the pick six, which got me super amped and excited, Russell Wilson just started picking the Patriots apart. And I felt really good about all these matchups. I apologize. It wasn't my fault. I don't know. You know, I ordered a Cam Newton hoodie, and I'm always big on doing things the same when the Patriots win every single time. I didn't have my Cam hoodie. I wore my Patriots Super 49 hoodie. Maybe I was wrong for that. I don't know. I'm, I'm questioning myself. I went fishing earlier. I'll probably never do that again on game day, even though I caught a fish. I don't know. Maybe it was my fault. I didn't have my Cam Newton jersey in time. I'm sorry. But Gilmore today on Metcalf, would have never thought that Metcalf would have demolished him like he did. And just physically imposing on Gilmore. I mean, you guys saw the replays. I mean, Metcalf with it in his face. He was fired up. He was absolutely ready for this matchup. It was almost like Metcalf was waiting for this matchup and circled this matchup for over a year, which is kind of what happens, what you expect when you play Stephon Gilmore, who's a reigning defensive player of the year. I just, I love Stephon Gilmore. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. I think last a couple of days ago, two days ago, it might have been yesterday, I said that my favorite non-Tom Brady Patriots of all time are Stephon Gilmore and Julian Edelman, probably. I know a lot of you would probably think Trent Brown, Isaiah went, but probably Julian Edelman, Stephon Gilmore. Cam Newton's getting up there. But one of my favorite Patriots players of all time. Expect expected a whole lot more. I think probably Gilmore would tell you the same. DK Metcalf flying by him, pushing around. He's a big, he's a big guy, but I just felt like Gilmore today, he just wasn't his best today. And I hope, I hope going forward that this isn't a trend from Gilmore because yeah, the Patriots really need Gilmore to play like a number one quarterback 
for the rest of the year. And when you pay your cornerback $20 million a year, it's not just, eh, you know, other players are going to make plays. You expect Stephon Gilmore to play like the defensive player of the year and erase Metcalf and don't need help on Metcalf. So I was really disappointed in that. And I expect Gilly Locke will come back and have a great game. He'll hear all of our slander, and I love him very much. And he'll have a great game, hopefully, coming for the rest of the season. And then the next thing I really didn't like was the Patriots. John Jones on Tyler Lockett alone, I felt like was a really bad matchup. I know I said that before in the preview game, that I felt like they should have John Jones or J-Mac combined with help on Lockett because Lockett is, to me, the best offensive player on the Seahawks. He's so shifty and elusive and explosive, and he can he can go deep, he can go short. I mean, you saw John Jones, as I called him earlier, the top a top three slot corner in the NFL. And who knows, maybe I might be massively wrong about that, and he just plays bad for the rest of the season as well. Maybe I'm wrong. But John Jones is really bad today. I mean, it was his birthday at... Maybe he had a few vodka sodas last night, and I kind of excuse him for that. It was his birthday. What would we all do if we had a birthday and played the biggest games of our lives on a Sunday? I don't know. Maybe he was feeling the nerves, but I felt like they should have bracketed Lockett and shut him down that way. I just feel like, you know, the Patriots always make other teams play left-handed, and maybe it's because it's the first couple weeks, you know, sometimes the Patriots don't. They kind of play vanilla, if we remember in these first couple weeks of the season, the Patriots kind of play vanilla. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, and they they played a little bit vanilla. But I just felt like they should have bracketed Lockett. And I think that was was big there. And other than that, the only other down part about the Patriots defense I think that I can think of off the top of my head is just Sideline to sideline, Jawan Bentley, he's just not explosive to me. He's not a good sideline to sideline player. He's really not a great cover player at all. I just feel like maybe the Patriots might need to swing a trade for a veteran linebacker there or or just someone, someone, someone else, a linebacker. They expected a whole lot of Bentley, and I just don't see it. I don't think he's very – you know, for all the hate that Hightower gets, at least he has proven to be explosive. He'll knock guards on their butts. He'll knock tackles on their butts. He'll force fumbles. You know, he might not be the fastest guy. A lot of people joke, including me, calling him slow tower sometimes. But at least he's explosive, which I don't feel like Bentley is. So I feel like the Patriots probably need to swing a trade there. I'm not really worried about the Patriots' run defense. The most important thing to me about the Patriots' defense is their, that their pass defense remain elite. I know after last week playing the Dolphins, I know some of us, a lot of us, especially me, said that the Patriots' defense would regress a little bit, but I didn't really expect it to regress this much. Is it going to trend this way? I don't really know. You know, ten is it going to be in the ten to fifteen range? I was expecting it to be in the one to twelve range. Maybe it's I don't know. Maybe it's an average, above average defense this year. I feel like it can be a lot better. Maybe it's just the beginning of the season blues, September blues for the Patriots, which is kind of normal for them in a not so normal season. So maybe, you know, maybe their defense isn't as bad as it looked. They did play the number one quarterback in the NFL today. The other thing about the Patriots that was very disappointing to me is their swear word a kicker. Okay. I realized a lot of people 
including Bill Belichick, say you can't, you, you know, you just don't want Jake Bailey to kick, even though he was a great kicker in high school, just because the way field goal kicks are and extra points are, the kicking motion is a lot different from punting. And it's just, it's like a golf swing. You don't want to mess this golf swing up, and maybe he can kick field goals, but it's just one of those things. You just don't want to risk messing his, messing his form up. So either the Patriots needed to decide that Nick Folk ain't it, just promote Justin. I can't say his last name. The kicker from Marshall. Maybe they, maybe they need to promote him and just try test the waters with him. Folk's been good at extra points, but he has two turnover, two turnovers in the past week, and that's exactly what a kick, a miss kick is. It's a turnover. And when you're in position to score points, and you saw today the Patriots' offense needed those points, maybe the Patriots just start going for it now. I mean, maybe that might not be the worst thing, putting the ball in the Cam Newton's hand. Once you get past the 50, just saying, we are not kicking this ball unless we have, unless we get to the 30. You know, if we get to the 30, then we'll kick. You know, decide that folk doesn't kick more than 43 yards, whatever you want to say. Maybe being more aggressive might benefit the Patriots offense. I surely think it would. I always think it would. Maybe they just need to go for it on fourth down within the 50s. That's what I would recommend. So Nick Folk is now a swear word, just like kind of John Jones was a swear word today, like Kyle Arrington. I know I brought him up on Twitter today. He was a swear word. That was the other very disappointing thing to me about the Patriots. But other than that, you walk away from this game feeling very, very good about the Patriots team in general. It's because with the Bill Belichick team, you can't. I don't expect the defense to be this bad for the rest of the season. And the offense, the trajectory of the offense surely shows you that they will improve. So I'm very happy with the Patriots' performance. Maybe they can change that kicker situation. Maybe they can swing a trade for OBJ, Zach Ertz, Evan Ingram, someone like that. If you have any other trade suggestions, please let me know. I've been scouring the entire league. Curtis Samuel, I can't really think of any others off the top of my head today, but just watching the NFL today, the Chiefs hanging around with the Chargers, the Bills' defense looking mad today, just a week-to-week thing. Like The Patriots are going to have a chance every single week. And if their offense continues to get better, or even if, I mean, they have 6.6 yards per play today. That's very, very good. 5.2 last year, I think. And if their defense just gets a little better, which you probably expected to do with all the good players they have on their defense and how good their secondary is, they're absolutely going to be there in the end. You know, I'll, at first, at the beginning of the season, I wasn't sure they can make the playoffs. But now I'm feeling very confident about them when winning playoff games and being a serious contender. And we... We love to see it. We love to see it. We love to see it. I think that's all. That's that about wraps it up for Patriots Seahawks review. I feel really good about the Patriots. I've said it a million times. I'm really tired. I love to do the podcast though. I love to talk ball. A lot of people don't realize how hard it is to talk for what is it now? Twenty seven minutes straight with no interruptions or or mess ups or anything like that. I don't even have I don't have anything in front of me. It's just me. I'm just talking ball with you. And I actually thank you for listening. Thank you all for listening. I think what we can do is, you know, I said a lot of places where I was wrong earlier about the Patriots trajectory and the season outlook, but where I was right this season, if you listen last, if you listen last week, I had a few NFL picks, and they were, I think, 
Falcons plus four and a half. Got that one right. I went three and one against the spread last week. I was undefeated last week, so I'm on fire. So you know what's going to happen. I'm going to be absolutely terrible next week. So please, please next week, don't spend any money on my picks, at least before you consult with your with your accountant first or, or maybe like three other really wise NFL people. But Falcons plus four and a half we got. Um, Niners minus seven we got. We lost on the Vikings plus three. Kirk Cousins was absolutely putrid today. Shame on me for counting on Kirk Cousins and betting against Phil Rivers, who has 800 kids. Shame on me. I think the other game we had was, you know, I said the Patriots would probably cover the spread, but I wouldn't bet any money on it. Plus four, they lost by five. I think the last game was Jaguars plus seven and a half, and they ended up coming through for me. So I was really, really happy about that. So we nailed our picks this week. We nailed them. You know, the Patriots lost, but did they really lose, though? Did they really lose? I feel good about them. And thank you all for listening to this podcast. I really appreciate it. And if you're listening, give this a like, retweet it, share it, talk to me. Let me know what you thought about it. Let me know if I was owning. Let me know if I stunk. Let me know where I stunk. I'd love to know. I thank you all for listening every single week. We're going to have another podcast previewing for the rest of the week. If you have any questions or anything like that, just shoot me a DM. We can talk ball. I, I do that very frequently. Just shoot me a DM. If you have any ideas, anything I'm saying for the podcast, anything you want to hear, uh, let me know. Would love to hear it. A shout out to my friends at Ride the Wave, Spike King. Shout out to LB. LB, you know, he's he's enjoyed, he enjoyed the Patriots game tonight. He was very tired. Tomorrow I have a long day, long drive, so I had to, had to do this by myself. You know, I don't have any Jim Corner stories. I, well, maybe I do. I don't know. You know, our good friend Nick is is teaching me how to run, and I'm just really bad at it. Like the other day, I ran and got blisters in my feet, and Nick was telling me about uh, this blister powder that you can have. Which shout out to Nick. So thank you very much, Nick. I really appreciate that. Jim's uh, story I have actually that I want to share before I leave. And let me know what you guys think about this. Gym etiquette. So I go to a small gym in a small town. So it's like almost like a small house, but it's a gym. It's kind of odd. It's really small. There's like four treadmills. There's two benches, some dumbbell racks. There's a heavy bag in the corner. So you know me. I'm a little bit conservative in my area of doing outlandish things in the gym just because I just want to respect other people and then not look like a D-bag. So I don't hit the heavy bag in the gym. I have my own. I don't hit the heavy bag. I feel like that's, I don't know. It just doesn't feel right to me in the gym. Maybe I'm wrong in being too insecure about hitting the heavy bag and doing weird stuff at the gym. But So today in the gym, actually a really good friend of mine that I really like a whole lot was hitting the heavy bag and running laps around the gym. How am I supposed to work out during this? Does anyone know? You're just running around the gym and hitting the heavy bag, and I'm just supposed to just go about my business and lift weights and, and like, work around you while you're running laps. And, and this is the only space where you can walk is actually where he's running around in circles and hitting the heavy bag. So I'm supposed – is this a me problem? Is this a him problem? Am I right? Is he right for – is he right for just lifting however he wants to lift? I mean, maybe I mean maybe he's right, and I'm wrong here for worrying about other people, but I feel like he's wrong. I feel like you shouldn't run around the entire gym like a maniac and hit the heavy bag. For me, I will hit the heavy bag in the gym and run around like a maniac if no one's in there, 
but if people are in there, I usually try to respect them and I don't, I don't run around and act like, act like that. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Tell me if I'm wrong, but love the podcast today. I feel like the Patriots got a W. I'm really happy with it. So from now on, actually, you know, we talked about the Patriots low scores from now on, we're going back to our 35 to 17 picks because the Patriots changed my mind. They're winning the Super Bowl. We love to see it. Thanks for listening to Title Talk, and I will see you guys probably Thursday or Friday. Be on the lookout. Podcasts are coming at the regular. Hoping to have some good guests, and we love it. See you all later.